and we're rocking Gary. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Lovely. So, start off, tell us a wee bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Gary McTaggart from the Collective Gym on the Ravenhill Road. Uh, 46, turning 47 this year, and been training for about 23 years, and uh, always been well read, I thought, uh, on the subject, up until recently, in the last 10 years, uh, becoming qualified, um, and owning the gym now for two and a half years, along with Mark Beer, my partner, um, and that's really where we are at the minute, is now just adding more clients to the gym, and uh, working on new stuff. Unfortunately, Mark couldn't be here today. Yes, he uh-huh. couldn't be here, and he wanted to be here, and sorry about that. Um, oh, it's okay, we'll get him another time. Maybe down the line, yeah, we'd love mm-hmm. to. Yeah. He's a big story to say, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, your listeners would love it. Oh, big time. Well, that obviously brings us to what your story is, you know, sort of, why did you set up the Collective Gym? Well, I've been in IT for a long time, um, very stressful, and I'd continued weight training, it always kept me sane, and that's how I saw it, and, uh, uh, specifically weight training um, and then uh, what's that 2009 um, well uh, 2005 I got out of IT and sort of had a nervous breakdown if I'm being honest um, probably had a couple in a mm, row yeah. um, and things got pretty serious then um, my mum and dad passed away in 2012, 2013 within six months of each other and um, I sort of had a epiphany, you know, there was, I was the oldest generation in the family all of a sudden, so, um, you know, it was up to me, I didn't have to do anything for my parents all of a sudden, and I felt older, and like, right, let's make a choice for me, and for my family, and what do I want to do, so, I thought, you know, I'm good at weights, or I sort of know, I think I know what I'm doing there, and I certainly enjoy it, I can make a lot more money in IT, but at this stage, with suffering also from panic attacks for 20 years, mm. 25 years, uh, and depression on and off for that time, you know, I found I needed to be doing, you know, doing things on my terms. Um, and speaking to Mark as well, he was going through something different but similar um, with his marriage and things like that. So. Uh, you know, he'd been very, very heavy, he'd say that himself, and he wanted to lose a lot of weight. And we both got into that around 2012, um, where we both had a, um, a major physical change and also um, the mental attitude from both of us. My, I definitely felt my confidence come back again. And I know for a fact Mark was the same, you know, mm-hmm, that, that yeah. was a biggie. But so, um, obviously, I've, I've seen a lot of pictures of both yourself and Mark. Um, in the newspaper and things like that, so your story's mm-hmm. been out there quite a bit. Yeah. So it has, like, what what level of weight are we talking here? So I think Mark in the pictures was about nineteen and a half. He said mm-hmm. to me, um, I think at his lightest he was um, twelve, maybe just under. Mm-hmm. Um, in my pictures, I think I got up to seventeen and a half stone, um, and I was down to about thirteen and a half in my pictures. So, mm-hmm. and I walk around now at about ninety k. And work that out to about 15 stone, I think, mm-hmm. just just under. So um, those are the sort of numbers. Um, uh, you know, I didn't have any medical issues as such, but I was drinking heavy. Um, I was smoking back then as well. Um, Mark did have a couple of scares um, on the medical side, so that was really putting the tighteners up him, mm. so to speak. Yeah. So, well, see, with the collective gym, then. You've set it up. What is sort of the primary focus there? 
Well, we took it from training with the Iron Fit guys who had done the T13 thing, and my brother Neil McTaggart, who you've used uh, on occasions back in the day, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Don't know if you've had a podcast with him yet. No, not yet. Not yet. He's a busy boy. Um, but there was him, Stephen Bell, Paul Murray, Nal Greenan, you know, Johnny Neeson, Finbar. All those names are quite well known around the industry anyway. Yeah. And we saw them approaching it from all different sorts of angles. And um, it sort of opened my mind to, you know, that you didn't just have to do barbell presses or you didn't have to do the, the standard stuff you would see in a programme in a bodybuilding magazine. Uh, and so we wanted, we'd seen that um, and we wanted to bring that to a sort of more empathetic no, I'm not saying Iron Fit wasn't empathetic it was a wee bit scary for the non-athlete you know mm-hmm. um, the, uh, I, I knew personally a couple of guys who'd gone and were a wee bit intimidated by the gymnastics rings and stuff like that <laughs> yes, yeah. and so we wanted to set up a way um, to get people to come in uh, and not to be scared or intimidated uh, you know, a lot of women especially are afraid of going in the gym and not knowing what they're doing they know they should probably do weights or they've heard this in the magazines mm-hmm. and the programs but they don't know why or, or how to go about it and you know PT and it's expensive and it's just that taking that first step into these big box gyms you're just a number mm-hmm. so yeah we set up a, a gym which had no mirrors and no machines um, and it was just weights based and movement based um, uh, and and very on the side of the empathetic um, that's always our thing is empathy so there's no criticism no judgment um, we're not trying to uh, sergeant major people into being the best they can be or anything like that we're just glad to turn up and that's the first step and then just with little baby steps mm-hmm. gradually help them grow in confidence and that, you know we have a lot of people in there with various levels of uh, confidence issues and depression and you know, other stuff that they probably, um, you know, handle better because they're they're training with us. Mm-hmm. You know, so the way I was looking at your sort of gym, it was, I even near call it a, a mental health gym. Yeah, that's what I would call <laughs> yeah. it. You know, yeah. uh, focusing more on yes, you you get your workout and all that sort of stuff, but it's focusing purely on you know the mind and uh, as you say, helping people grow in confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I've I've been there myself a few times. It's yeah. a pretty amazing amazing gym. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I have in mind. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the whole commercial gym. I think yeah. you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> you know. Um, so basically from there, like what one tip would you have for helping with mental health? Um, I know your one there you'd mentioned to me was to get outside and I to get outside and walk the dogs every day or try to and, and that definitely um, helps with me. Um, personally, I, I I think I need to follow my interests, and that's what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I play music, and I, I I look for things that are cathartic in that way. I do find that if I'm training well uh, or training often, I don't even have to train well, and uh, eat, uh, then I'll eat well, uh, and that snowballs, and and just those little victories every day of just turning up and being consistent um, keeps me level-headed. For my mental health side, because mm-hmm. my depression would make me feel um, particularly down on some days, and then uh, on the other side, maybe not bipolar, but certainly manic when I'm feeling uh, really good about myself. Mm-hmm. And so the training, the side of things, keeps me more level, so I don't get too up or too down. And that's maybe it's maturity as well, and 
you know, maybe it's not even depression at this stage. <laughs> maybe I'm not out of that. I don't feel too depressed these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's, life's hard, and you know, things come at you. But you had mentioned obviously whenever you were in IT, uh, you were very, very anxious. You know, I'm guessing that you're not that way anymore. Ah, uh, no, I would still be. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I might not sound it, and I'm very good at covering it up. Okay. But, you know, and I am on medication, um, though I don't take uh, propranolols, which would be a beta blocker, which some people would have. Mm. Uh, I don't take them every day like I had to. So, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, when you, anyone who suffered from panic attacks will know when they come on and they're unexpected. You sort of, it knocks the confidence out of you because you never know because it could be random situations. Um, I had them when I was like in a shop and stuff. I'd have to run out with, without paying for anything. I did. I didn't take the stuff with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, uh, you know, and that would be a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But <laughs> yeah. well, it was a frightening sort of situation. And I got into substance abuse. And uh, as I said earlier, I drank heavy. And my dad had, you know, he was sober for forty years, but he had been an AA. Mm-hmm. You know, and went there every other every other night. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a history there. Um, and so, yeah, I'd been brought up with this whole idea of um, if one's good, two's better, you know, and it was the same with weights and it's the same with everything I've done, is um, take it to the nth degree. Um, and it's only in recent years that um, I've, I've learned to, you know, as uh, Boy George said, I've learned the off switch, I've found that off switch mm-hmm. in the last few years, um, which I sort of understand when he said that. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, we were saying there a while ago about Obviously, well, one of my tips was always to get outside. I'm sure people can hear by this stage we are outside. Yes, normal <laughs> where the, park, where where I park. grew up oh. in the 70s. Yeah. He grew up in a park. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Practically lived in Left on the bench, yeah. that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, no, something simple as this, you know, getting outside, moving, um, even in the rain, doesn't matter. Like yeah. the, the body's built to move, yeah. um, which in turn obviously helps the mind. So I think we're all very, very restricted in sitting in offices, all that sort of stuff. But obviously, the collective is trying to act against that. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It is. And it's true, you know. And, uh, we, we, you know, people, uh, we encourage people to move outside of the gym. You know, they only come in only, I suppose, just or whatever to do those two, three hours. But we're saying to them, you know, that's not enough. There are occasions, more than I would care to say, where I've actually had chats with people about them leaving their job um, because, you know, they're not getting to do the things they want to do and they're working to live rather than living to... or living to work rather than working to live or whatever. Um, And and it's it's kind of serious. People have had serious conversations with me about doing that Mm -hmm. um, because they only get to turn up to the gym two or three hours and that's at a push uh, and they're not making themselves a priority if you're not making yourself the priority you're useless to, to anyone you know you're, mm-hmm. you're no good but then you're, you're, you're a better example than anybody else you've done that you went from an IT job sitting in an office to yeah. opening your own gym yeah um, yeah I'd opened a, I'd started a business mm-hmm. uh, initially and at one stage I was working 120 hours a week um, and you know, uh, and that was when my son was very young. He's just turned eighteen recently. But um, so I knew what working was like. But I was working to pay other people's wages yeah. in a way, and um, that's what it felt like. And um, I, I got out of the, the whole. I was all of a sudden having meetings about meetings rather than the problem solving and the stuff that gave me a kick in IT. And I suppose being a PT now, or sorry, let's oh. call it a coach. Let's not say PT. <laughs> 
Um, you have PTFD. Uh, no, of <laughs> course. I told you I'm not going to curse on this. No, <laughs> um, yeah. What was I saying? So, uh, yeah, being a coach is, you know, the closest I can be to being a problem solver, mm-hmm. and you do become a bit of a counselor with people, and it's, you know, that's definitely a thing where you can pass on how you feel about it, uh, and really just try to listen, and you hear a lot of, you know, a lot of really uh, interesting stories and people have battling. Um, so much, so many issues with confidence that I see nowadays that um, I didn't realise. You know, when you're stuck in your own bubble in IT, or you're a very busy man. You don't. I wasn't doing that face-to-face stuff that I'm doing now, and um, I get to listen to a lot of these stories, and it gives me a whole pr- different perspective on it. And mm-hmm. I try to add my touch to it, but it's not necessarily the right one. It's mm-hmm. just what I'm saying. No, you sort of led on to you mentioned confidence again. Uh, what do you think about social media these days? Um, I ask everybody uh, this. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I can see the Simon Hayek's opinion on it. Um, I've read his books on the how, what, why stuff and all the rest. And I think his interview that he talked about the serotonin levels being released as for each like that you get and mm-hmm. it can be totally addictive. As a former IT guy, I you know, see the benefit of um, Facebook and things like that. I have to say, you know, I get what's called the intersweats, um, which is <laughs> when you're away from um, uh, a Wi-Fi connection or your phone, after a while you start to like get the, you know, and I certainly have that. And the ironic thing is, and I'm not joking you here, back in the 90s when I first started writing programs for people, my, I had the URL intersweat.com. And you know my? Do you know my email address? No. Intersweat at hotmail You never give so, me that one. No, no. No. So that's my spammy one. But you know, so because I, I did programs on the internet to get people sweating, I thought intersweat. But people used to look at me funny and go, well, "If you look up uh, Urban Dictionary now, it's it is genuinely a word for someone who gets uh, palpably sort of like." Concerned when they don't have an internet connection, and I would be—I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's an urban dictionary term. It's oh, okay. So yeah, but that uh, makes sense though. <laughs> yeah. That does make sense. You got the you know, you're not plugged in so, anymore. Yeah, but uh, so the the the, the, the naming I had for the word or the uh, definition has obviously changed, but they're still very closely tied to me <laughs> in different ways. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah. That was, so basically, your answer at the end of that is social media is brilliant. No, nah. no, no, <laughs> no. I've got you. I I've got that? you. Oh, that no. was pretty much what your response was. No, no. Uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's uh, it's how most of our business goes about now. I could go down the route of uh, with Mark building a website for ourselves and all the rest of it, but we find that the majority of our users are using Facebook, um, mm-hmm. and we've got our own mind body app uh, branded uh, to get people to connect to us. But from uh, just finding people who are um, interested in our story, we find Facebook good. So from a business side of point, yeah, that, that's it's okay, it's good. Personal, from, uh, personal. <laughs> and this is where you're getting at. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right. Okay. So all right. <laughs> Hit me with it. Hit me with it. <laughs> um, it's just you know um, you you do find yourself checking the phone more and more often. I have the phone on me here. I don't even know if I have it. On, I don't have it on silent. Um, and I know it's been buzzing in my pocket the whole way around uh-huh. here. And um, you know, I've, I've done. I'm doing the Instagram thing, and I'm doing the Facebook. Uh, 
and at night I'll go home and then, and I'll watch YouTube forever. But uh, yeah, face, Facebook has definitely detached people from. You, you have more connection with people, but at the same time you've. You're no connection. Just as equally detached. <laughs> and, uh, yes. uh, 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 the, the paradox is very obvious to anyone who uses it for a while, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I do sort of respect uh, the people like yourself who can uh, cut it all out and uh, you know cut down to the, the bare minimum. I think it's something everyone should do uh, every so often, mm-hmm. um, maybe forever. Um, uh, but the privacy concerns and stuff like that as well. Don't get me started. So. <laughs> oh, I'd like to hear what you think, actually. Well, I used to do the, um, you know, my, my sort of thing would have been security specialty yeah. stuff, you know, firewalls and things like that. And I have lots of friends in the industry who would, you know, having this sort of information, we're not getting too far into conspiracy theories, but look at <laughs> there what happened with uh, Cambridge Analytical uh-huh. with, with the Facebook side of things. Um, you know, you you are just a number, and your information is a product now. And um, you know, your voting st- stuff, and you know, people say if you're not doing anything wrong and stuff. The people can profile you, pick you out, and you know, we've all had that. Well, maybe you haven't, but you shouldn't have a conversation on Facebook Messenger, and the next minute your advert changes beside you in Facebook about the shoes that you've just been talking about and things like that. So. Yeah. It happens, <laughs> and it's creepy. <laughs> you, you know it's happening, and you know uh, the, the, the few years ago I'd have been very against it. Now I'm lazy, and uh, what else? Well, that's just the way the world's going. Yeah, mm, um, of course. That's not particularly nice, but that's what happens. Okay. Well, a nice subject we get onto there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, where in the future for the collective? Where where do we go from here? Um, so. It's been the first few months of the year. It's been getting the app uh, up and running, and uh, that's really taken the, the, away from time that we spent just constantly answering uh, the update people in our personal diary. So the app has sort of made it more professional and made it more people have autonomy and when and when and where they can book the classes, and it's given us an option about. Um, where we can go um, as far as the type of classes we can offer and just be more professional about it. Um, Mark and I have been in business before, in different businesses. Uh, that's our first time in business doing this stuff, so we weren't like professional PTs before we started this. Um, and so getting it all together, doing what you love and still being able to earn money at it's been important to us. And then just as important is what do our clients want and, and how can we be better. So as you know, I've done the uh, corrective exercise stuff, the NASM and uh, the exercise referral and doing the low back pain. Um, just to be able to add knowledge, constantly add knowledge to it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we're looking to do this year and over the coming coming years is just to expand on our knowledge and maybe expand the business we'll see Very growth good. isn't necessarily a good thing well you know. yeah, I will actually agree yeah I so. really really will so don't obviously lose your message focusing on yeah. helping people with the confidence and things like that there and yeah you know if we if we get to you know we don't have to have like if we had a hundred members we'd, we'd blow up <laughs> you know <laughs> we'd have too many members at this stage we can only take eight people in there really at a max uh, in any one class so, you know, it's important to Mark and myself that we know a person's name, we know their history, we know their medical stuff if they need to. Without being nosy, we know that they're getting married in six months. I never walk in and see someone I don't know. 
mm-hmm. and just train them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's important to us that it's that closeness of it. You Personal. know, and then from a price standpoint, that um, people might not be able to afford PTing, but you know, this is definitely the way things are going in the industry. The small boxes, like ourselves, with um, more hands-on and more face-to-face and still being able to price cap it so it's not too expensive for people. So small semi-private classes are the way to go. Brilliant. Well, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much. That was awesome. Thank you. Pleasure. Brilliant. Seriously, thanks for having me.